Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How is everyone? I hope you said good. I'm good. I'm in the air conditioning. I feel great. Anyway, I want to welcome you. My name is Charlotte, and I will be your host for the next hour. And this is California Haunts Radio. Exciting, isn't it? Hang on, let me get my button. Whoop, I got to push my button. What's going on here? That's what I was pushing. Okay. Kind of moved, kind of moved over on me. Anyway, I want to welcome everybody. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means... If you have a paranormal need, I'm just looking to check an email here. If you have a paranormal need, we can get to you. You know, we might be two, three counties away, but we can still get to you. And you can contact us at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com if you need my problem. Check me out on Facebook. I've got a public page. There's also two California Haunts pages on Facebook that you can check us out at. Also, uh, CaliforniaHaunts.org. Anyway, I'm waiting for our guest to come in. Uh, he might have had issues, so I'll give it a couple minutes. And I've been thinking about alternatives if he doesn't come in. <laughs> and I was thinking, uh, if you guys want to, if you guys in the chat room want to come in and pick my pick my brain, I could tell ghost stories or something. Or, you know what, I can just read another hour of uh, Lizzie Borton. So we'd be ahead a little bit there. So it's totally up to you. But in the meantime, I'm going to be teaching a class on Saturday at 7 p.m. Pacific. And it's going to be a psychic development class level one. And in that class, if you think you might be psychic, or maybe you're already psychic, but you're kind of afraid of what's going on, I can help you control it a little better. I can teach you how to open and close that door. I can teach you how to leave your body and come back. It's just a way to keep the uglies from coming in, because, you know, when, when you open that door a crack, anything and everything comes through. So I can teach you how, how, how to kind of control that. Not stop it altogether, but control it. Also, uh, with this class, I can I, I will take you to your spirit library. I'll take you to your, uh, to your spirit object. You can meet your spirit guides. Uh, sometimes they'll leave you a note in a special box in, in the library. I can teach you how to do all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, and, and then you'll be able to control your abilities a little, a little better. And you might even have some experiences afterwards. It usually happens. Ah, you get to meet your spirit animal, too. So, anyway, that's Saturday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Check out the website, CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com, for more information about that. Or it's even more simple. You can go over to California Haunts Meetup page and sign up over there to take the class. But I'm going to be doing that Saturday night. Now, after the class on Saturday night, a little later, say around 9 o'clock, I'm going to be over at California Haunts Ghostly Events on Facebook, and I'm going to be telling ghost stories. So join me for that as well. It's going to be a busy weekend for me. Very busy weekend. Anyhow, uh, while we wait for the guests to come in, you never know. I've t- I even sent him a note saying that if, if it didn't work for him, I could call him on the phone. But you never know about these things. Something might have come up and whatnot. And not the first time, right? Tomorrow we've got a great guest coming in. Mary A. Joyce is going to come in, and she's going to be talking about Warner von Braun. And Warner von Braun was one of these Germans that came over and uh, was was instrumental in our space exploration. But he's, she's going to be on to talk about him because my understanding is that there's a gentleman named McClellan who was a whistleblower at NASA wrote and, and wrote some papers about Mr. Van Brown believing in aliens and he also believed that there was life on Mars. So we're going to be talking to Mary Joyce about that. Hello, sir. Well, hello. <laughs> Good to be here. Fantastic. Can you I, tell us what... I, I have uh, uh, the mouse in the house wasn't wasn't there. <laughs> gotcha. Can you tell me a little bit about you, sir? Yeah. Well, I'm. Let me just adjust the picture. I'm I'm somewhat on a spiritual path. Uh, I'm an ardent meditator, and um, since I was a little boy, I've been fascinated by the idea of death and what's going to happen to us. 
And so I've been developing my higher sense of knowing since I was in my teens, really, using different different modes of doing that. And in 2013, I began to recover my past lives. And I, I kept a journal, and I eventually recovered 88 past lives. And uh, it was just a great fulfillment. I, For decades, I wanted to know the last four lives I'd had before this one. That's all I really wanted to know, a few basic facts. But uh, I found out that I could know basically anything I wanted about my past lives. So out of that, a book came, my spiritual memoir, In Search of Lost Lives. And it really depicts my spiritual uh, evolution across thousands of lives, going back all the way to the first planet I lived on, which is called Jordu. That's the closest in English when I was a mother with six children. Mm -hmm. So that in a very quick nutshell uh, is who I am and why I'm here. Fantastic. I'm fascinated by your past lives because I just had a um, past life thing done on me a, a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing, yeah, you know how everybody hopes that there's something special in your past life? I was nothing special, so I was kind of disappointed. But I mean, I, I guess everybody kind of hopes that. You know, people don't want to be like Joe Blow. Uh, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? I, I couldn't quite get it. Sure. Um, I had my past life done a couple, a couple weeks ago. Oh. And I was kind of bummed about it because I thought, because I, I love music and stuff so much that I had been something, you know, someone from like the music industry or something like that. But I was just a farmer, you know, and, and, and it was kind of a bummer. And I think, you know, sometimes people think that when they get that regression that they're going to be someone special. Right. Like in my book, I said, you know, I, I was never Cleopatra, and that should relieve all the many people who were Cleopatra in the past life. Right. But but when you said you had your past lives done, what, what do you actually mean? What, what what do you mean they were done? Um, I was a farmer. I, I was actually a, a ranch hand farmer. No, no, but I mean, did you access them or did somebody catalyze it? I, I worked with a psychic. Oh, you worked with a psychic. Yeah. Well, I would not necessarily believe the psychic because one thing I I went to a number of psychics and this is not anything to knock or criticize the profession, but I went to a number of them in my 20s and 30s and often not to find out about my past lives, but often they they offered information about them. And when I began to recover my past lives, I remembered certain readings and facts and I checked them out and none of them are true. Wow. So you don't know where you're getting other, the information. One of the ways uh, in my book, I identify different ways you can kind of tune into them. You know, I'm, I'm unusual in that I was meant to in this life. I, I, I prepared to write this book between lives before I entered this body. But one point I make is that if you've ever had spontaneous deja vu, uh, that a feeling of overwhelming familiarity with a place, the chances mm -hmm. are that you live there. The same thing with a person, uh, depending on how intuitive you are. People you, you just meet and all of a sudden you, you've talked for 40 minutes or an hour, chances are you've known them in a past life. And you can only guess that you're in. And I give examples of this throughout the book. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I do early on in sort of the overture, which is like an introduction, is I list a number of unusual things about me, unusual talents, idiosyncrasies, and I show how they relate to specific experiences in particular past lives. So I would not really, I mean, you can enjoy going to a psychic, what they say may be true, but you know, I wouldn't have money on it. There is a certain point uh, in the spiritual journey where you know all of your past lives, everything that's ever happened to you. And that is only when we go beyond the mind because the soul has a record of everything. So when you go uh, with, a, with a teacher, a guru who's gone beyond mind and you're 
his or her disciple if you go beyond universal mind. And you can do this while still in the body, while still living. And you leave the mind behind in universal mind. Then you are just pure soul. That is who you really are. And you will know all your past lives. But by then, the, the bliss and the love and the beauty in that region is so, you can't even describe it. It's unfathomable. You won't be interested in your past lives. You'll just want to go further closer to, to higher spirit. Did you find that when you started looking into your past lives that, 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 that you wanted to do more and more? You know, you do the well, one and then you want to see the other ones, you know? Yeah, well, you know, I had certain idiosyncrasies and unusual things about me. I was curious as to what they related to. And I've always felt a very strong connection with ancient Greece. So I asked about lives there, and I recovered three lives that made total sense. And by the way, a lot of the lives I recovered, I was a teacher or an administrator. Um, you know, I dealt with money, and that very much fits in with who I am today. My main profession this lifetime was I was a tax accountant. Uh, so nothing really surprised me. Uh, the only thing that surprised me, to be honest, was when I recovered, uh, I was curious about friends I'd have very intimate connections with, and I was surprised we didn't have more past lives together. But there were certain people that I felt, wow, this is a profound connection. It turned out that automatically what came back to me was, you know, when I was in Hawaii on vacation, just after I started recovering the lives, this phrase kept coming to me, cohort of seven, cohort of seven. I had no idea what that meant. So I started to delve into my higher consciousness and ask questions what the cohort of seven was were the seven mind and soul entities i was mainly with between lives we were like in a spiritual school together kind of progressing spiritually together and with these people who were people on the earth i'd had over 20 past lives together and what's unusual about this life is that i i knew all seven of them and two lives ago, when I was a British banker, I knew all of them. So I was sort of like the only, probably the only person who knew all of them at the same time. But four of us uh, have been on the same spiritual path, actually. Can I ask you this? Because now, now that you mentioned, you know, um, knowing these people from past lives, in the 88 lives that, that, that you have had, are there people that, have, that are still coming into your life from, from say, the eight, from, from the furthest ones? Uh, are there still people coming into my life from previous lives? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I've been in Palm Springs a really long time, um, 21 years, longer than anywhere. And I was surprised how many people I found I had known in a past life. But my karma has been petering out here for years. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm going to be moving uh, next month. So I think there will be, there's already some very strong connections, but definitely people will come into my life from the past. But I was just really interested in answering initially questions of why I was the way I, who I am. And that, you know, who we are is more readily explained by who we've been in the past, much more so than our genetics in our nuclear family. But what I found out was like my higher consciousness kept wanting me to recover more and more. Like before bed, I would sit down with my pad and it's like, where are we going tonight? You know, am I going to recover a new life? And no, you're going to recover seven new lives. So there was a period when I, my higher self was having me recover groups of past lives. And there were always seven past lives. And each one of them had a spiritual evolutionary experience. One or two things happened that spiritualized me, that brought me higher. So these were all preparing me for this very beautiful, rigorous spiritual path I'm on now. And 
I'm fascinated by by you know the the 88 past lives. How long did did it take you to discover those those 88 lives? Oh, I'd say um, maybe a year. You know, um, I was still very busy with my tax profession. I'd had two major major surgeries. I I was struggling to recover from, but I've had far more than 88 past lives. Okay. Now those 88 I write about, 71 were human, and 17 were animal. And really? the reason the animal lives are in the book in search of lost lives is that in lives where my hurtful actions outweighed my good actions, I lost the opportunity to come back as a human being. And a lot of those animal lives were really hard and heavy. But one of them was just, you know, I was just tired and wanted to be taken care of. You know, I came back as a pet dog. That's that's the life when I was a mother with six children, which as far as I know was the largest number of children I'd had. Uh, so um, I actually know the, the number of human lives I've had. And that's 4,137. Wow. So if you're into any kind of spirituality and seeking, chances are you probably, I'm guessing, I don't know anyone's past, but I would imagine you've had 2,000 human lives. Mm -hmm. And the, the Earth is my third planet, by the way. And the first two planets I lived on, the first was Jordu, the second was Zine. That's the closest in English. The the people in those planets were more spiritually evolved by far as a rule. Earth is really a very challenging place. It's it's a school of hard lessons. And you know, I think people can relate that the the uh, duality, the division is getting more intense seemingly. You know, we're in a cycle that's called Kali Yuga, and I think we're entering a, a fairly difficult period. So um, to to look at your past life, how, how do you do that? What, what process do you do to, to be able to go back? Well, initially, uh, Charlotte, there were triggers. I would be reading something. I would hear something. Uh, something would occur to me. Now, I had already seen the trailer, for instance, to 12 Years a Slave, and I happened to be watching TV, and the trailer came on again, and I was just overwhelmed with this feeling of hurt and loss and oppression, and that led me to recover a particular life as a slave in what we call Atlantis, you know, the lost continent, when I was taken as a slave, just as I was becoming a young adult. I had lived a longer life, so I eventually recovered and wrote about four lives when I was a slave. Three in Atlantis and, and one in Europe, when I uh, died of like poisoning when I was a young boy uh, of an infection. And all those lives as a slave were just uh, terrifically hard. And they were all very different, you know. Uh, one thing that you, you would uh, see from reading about the lives is really kind of how different they are and what different experiences you go through. Very interesting. So, okay. Yeah, so if, if, if listeners, if, you know, really, it, it, you can kind of maybe get a window into your past lives by developing your intuition, by, by knowing what has really appealed to you. Now, I, I also had two very strange aversions I write about to two different countries. And just when the name of the country would come up, I would just have a bad feeling about it. And so I tracked down why I had this aversion to these two countries, one of which I had visited three times. And it, it again, it related to a very powerful experience in a past life, one past life only, that got very strongly imprinted on my mind that I carried forward to this lifetime. And once I recovered that experience, it dissolved, the subversion dissolved, and said, oh, that's why, okay. <laughs> so, um, so the whole idea of past lives is that we're, we have, we come back, reincarnate, 
And kind of one of the rules of, of this creation is that people, for the most part, aren't meant to remember their past lives. Otherwise, they do everything they could to get out of the physical realm and into a higher heavenly realm. But all our actions create reactions, and, and those are karmas. So all of us has a huge karmic load from all the lives in the past that we, we can't leave the physical and mental realms until we've paid off all of our karma. And that's been the object of my search for the last three lives. And what I came in here trying to find this path that would eliminate my karma. So if you commit good karmas, you're just, you know, that's why a lot of people have all these great things happening to them. They've been very kind and generous in the past. You know, if, if you're uh, selflessly wonderful and good and generous throughout your life, you may be rewarded with what could be called a stay in heaven. Uh, and it could be a heaven just tailor-made to, to give you joy. But the fact is, you still have this big reserve of karmas. It's called sentient karmas in, in Sanskrit. And eventually that stay in the heaven is going to come to an end and you'll have to come back. And your next life will be an amalgamation from all those past karmas. That was my next question with you. Do we have a choice as to whether we come back or not? That really is an excellent question. And I know that a lot of people believe that you do. Um, my experience is that you don't. It's sort of like the Lord of Karma really, you know, assembles your karma and shoots you out. But, you know, everything can exist in the creation because, you know, the, the whole power of the Supreme Being is it's just total diversity. I mean, here, you know, I, I recovered these lives on two very different planets where I looked different, but I was still a human. Uh, and I also had animal lives. So, you know, in some cases, you may be able to choose what you come back at. Certainly, I think a lot of people who like are in the acting profession who are great musicians, you know, the thing is you, your desires can form into karmas. So it's not like you're going through this fabulous buffet of a thousand dishes and you, you, know, you pick each different dish. If you really nurtured the strong desire to be a composer, for instance, and you've worked on it to a bit. You may work on it further between lives and then be bored in circumstances, either very favorable or unfavorable. But regardless, you are going to be a composer. So your strong desires really kind of create your future. So definitely, if, you know, if there's something you want to do, if you, you want to end world hunger, I mean, it, probably a lot of the people who are doing all this good charitable work they may have had lives in the recent past or not so recent past where they were starving, but they had food taken away from them. And they developed this desire to do good for people. Well, so, you, go ahead. No, no, you, you go ahead. That's fine. Well, as you said earlier, you know, that you went back through your lives to see, you know, like some of the habits that you had or some of the stuff that, 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 that you like to do. Can, can everybody do this? Can, can anybody go back to their past lives and see? Like like you say, maybe somebody like like wants to compose music or something. Is there a way that, that, that they can make themselves go back just to see if, if they if they had something to do with composing music in their past life? Well, well they, they'd have to, you know, I, I wouldn't trust anybody to take me back. I mean, people have tried, a few people tried to hypnotize me. Uh, they weren't able to because my willpower was too strong. But really, it's a matter of meditation and consciousness. And, you know, I've prepared for this also between lives. And also, I've been developing uh, my intuition for decades, uh, not knowing that a lot of it was to be able to recover past lives. So someone may be able to. It may be a, in a very different way from how I recovered my past lives. But, you know, the. But I think more important than just recovering your past lives um, and, you know, learning about your past is figuring out what do you want this life to be? I mean, being a human, I, I hope my book shows, is a, is a 
very precious gift. You, it's like the highest gift you can receive. I mean, as I told George on Coast to Coast AM, you know, he, he wanted to know, you know, if I knew how I started out. And I told him, as far as I know, I started out as a bush on the planet Jordu. I mean, a lot of us started out in the plant life. And after, you know, I don't know, a million lives or whatever, we advanced to, you know, insect lives. So we're really at the top of creation. Human beings are really in a better spot than angels, definitely better than demons. It's in the human form that we can realize our divinity and go back to our source, to our true home. So I always often say in my interviews, the highest calling you can have is to be a seeker after truth. Rather than just seeking what you know your past lives are, except the fact that you've been all over the place, you've had fabulous experiences, you've had horrific experiences, you know, when you've been killed. Uh, I was just remembering a life when I'd been murdered. Now, that was a great life. I was a nobleman in Hungary, very wealthy. It was one of the best families I've ever had. But that life ended when a, a, a group of bandits overwhelmed me and murdered me. You know, so I left early. So rather than, you know, be that, I mean, just accept the fact that you've had a huge amount of experience and really, you know, really confront the fact that this is my opportunity to make enormous spiritual progress. It is on earth where we can make really great spiritual progress. When you're in an inner region and everything is so gloriously beautiful, the spiritual progress is much slower, actually. So it's on earth when we're going through all this stuff where we have opportunity after opportunity to not react negatively, but to be positive and giving. So if I'm understanding this right, we do, do, do we have any choice into what life we choose or are, are we just assigned a life? Well, my experience is that it, it's, it's really uh, been, a, you know, been given to me, it's been assigned. I haven't had really any choice in the matter, but it may be different for other people. Uh, you may be agreeing, you know, people have different spiritual teachers. The, my cohort of seven and I, we had different spiritual teachers at different phases of our evolution. So that may be possible to choose. But I mean, the best way, I mean, if you have, like, if, if you want to share, do, do you have a particular desire to have a particular past life? I mean, future life. I mean, is there something you really want to do to come back to do that you can't do this lifetime, would you say? I mean, you personally. Right. Because you, know what, uh, cause, cause you hear stories about people who, I don't know, that, that, they, that, that they remember that they have a choice in, you know, in heaven to, to come back. And some of them will choose to, to be hurt or, or, or have something going on because it enriches them you know, through this next life. And then they go back and, and, they're, and they're, like you say, a higher self. Right. Well, you know, I can't speak to that because, um, you know, my experience has, has been kind of different. Uh, in terms of what I recovered between lives is more like preparing for the next life, the, the meditation I was doing. Like the books I write, I was the, the last two and the what I'm working on now, I was doing certain mental meditation work to prepare to write that. You know, um, and I know, you know, pretty much where I was between lives. But the main thing is to really, you know, uh, in my new book, A New Now, uh, which I, I don't think you've had a chance to, to look at yet, uh, there, it, I go over the 33 mystical wisdoms. And in the wisdom of grooming, I talk about spiritual grooming and the four basic choices that you have. You can basically ignore, um, you know, what your destiny may be and just really follow your desires, which is what virtually everybody does. They, they just go from one desire to another. Most people are ruled by their lower mind and they just follow their desires. Or you can, kind of the second different kind of choice you can make, uh, although nothing is really a choice, but we were talking about developing your talent uh, to be a composer or a musician, you can kind of 
engineer your life to set yourself up for a future life where you can make a contribution or you know be an artist and have that expression or we we're talking about doing all these terrific good works to be rewarded with a stay in heaven and the fourth most profound option is to search for a spiritual path in which you can eliminate all of your karmas and lead a heavenly existence forever and never come back so in the wisdom of grooming i write about in a new now uh th this is really kind of a, a guidebook for the for the rest of your life so a new question i have too is you know you, you see you hear the stories about the children that have past life experiences when they're kids yes they remember their past lives were you did you ever have because obviously you've had so many past lives have you ever had any instances of that if if i did i probably did but the kind of like the call over you hardens as you get older but mm -hmm. many there are many examples of you know young children three to five years old who have all their memories intact and they can give exact information but as they get older it, you know it's like the call over their memory hardens and they can't access it so if you know it's just sort of like it it, it can almost feel like it's an unfair game like we we can't see the results of our actions and reactions mm -hmm. but but this is an opportunity to act with, with love and generosity humility and kindness every opportunity and rather you know rather than taking the low road to take the high road because there's so much negativity and meanness in the world it doesn't mean you have to react to that in the same manner mm -hmm. but definitely a lot of children are in touch with their past lives particularly if they're with family they've been with before now one thing which was actually not that surprising i wondered about my immediate nuclear family and they were each what i called first timers i had very very tough uh, experiences with them i had each type of abuse with each member of the family i had you know emotional and social abuse a lot of physical abuse with another member and and really sexual violation with another member and they were all first timers so you know, karma karmas can be assigned to people you haven't lived with before. So, and I'll, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, you go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. What? You go ahead. Oh, um, so often when you know, like I, I met somebody a couple of years ago, and she desperately wanted to know. She was convinced that we'd had past lives together. Um, and as far as i do nothing you know nothing and um but i think what she was picking up on is that we have a lot of future karma stuff to go through because where i'm moving she's like one of the closest people to where i'm now moving we we, we don't live in the neighborhood so i think she was just so intuitive that she was picking up on all the stuff we can go through together and I think most of it would be beautifully positive. Um, and she's just one of my favorite best people and supporters of my writing. I was going to ask you about that. Um, you know, in this life, if, if, you've, if you've recognized anybody from your past lives. Oh, well, yeah, I give many examples in my memoir in Church of Lost Lives, and I show how it happened. Um, yeah, it's very clear uh, where I give examples, and I give I give names of people. Most of the names are changed, uh, or I just give initials. But definitely, I give. Um, and by the way, if people want to hear other interviews where I, I give a lot of detail about my past lives or read excerpts from my books. Yeah, if you don't mind, let me share my website. Um, sure. My website is Goddard.com. Uh, you can see my name, G-O-D, another D-A-R-T, dot com. Just go there. You can go to free media. You can click on the books. Uh, and you now, I'm, I'm very humbled and happy to report. At this time, it came out last year. It's won nine book awards and uh, honors. So 
the judges have been really liking the book for these different uh, book awards. And that is a book to really help you. It's a guide for helping you live the best life possible and recover the authentic hero. And it will really, I, I think if you work with it, it'll enhance your powers of discrimination and intuition and definitely wisdom. It's a wisdom book for people. And also it, it shares the 10 keys to achieving equilibrium. And equilibrium, uh, that is something I think we all need to know how to return to in these very turbulent times. Now, when you go back to, to look into your past life, are, are you looking at your past life as an observer, or are you actually in that past life? Uh, both. I mean, the ones that uh, came through automatically, like when I recovered that I was a ruler and I started an unnecessary war, this was on my second planet. That's actually my first extraplanetary life I recovered. I was like reliving it, and I was like, you know, back in the body, but also still in this life. And I, I was just, you know, I just really, I just kind of fell off my recliner and curled into a fetal ball and begged for forgiveness for starting this unnecessary war. I, I thought we were going to be invaded uh, by this more powerful country. So to show, uh, you know, our hot stuff, I invaded another country. And it cost many hundreds of thousands of lives. So because of that, I went to what I you know, what is commonly called the hell. I entered a state of reformation of indescribable suffering that seemed to last an eternity. And that did not pay off all the karma. So those leaders who are full of themselves and are starting wars, you know, it's going to catch up with them, I would say. You know, uh, and I just feel so sorry for everybody so many people are suffering because of wars and, and uh, illegal groups and, and everything but you know when you leave this body you're not dead you're just out of the body okay. so you have always a chance for a better life right right so so a number of the instances but but uh when I kind of went through all the things I was curious about, that was sort of the name, that and all these automatic triggers, my higher consciousness was wanting me to recover lives. And they were always new. And they always had like some spiritual lesson or experience to share with people. So it's been a, a grand evolution. As far as I know, this will be my last life. Uh, and I'll be happy to bid Earth adieu. It's been a a school of, of good and hard knocks, actually. How do you know this will be your last life? Well, it's because of the spiritual path I'm on, but most important, I have no desire to return. You go where your attachments are. So, I mean, a, a lot of people are, are extremely attached to their families or certain lovers. You're going to meet up with them again. Um, so you go... You know, like a lot of my lives, most of my lives more recently over the past, um, you know, 15, 20,000 years have been in Europe. You know, I kept going back to Europe. But but the majority of my Earth lives were on Atlantis. You know, I did have some lives in Africa. I just mentioned one uh, in the book that I thought was of great interest. But I also had lives during Atlantean times when I was of Lemurian stock. And these are these were what is now Indonesia, uh, and also land that's now underwater. But you go where your where your attachments are, basically. So even you know if you're on a spiritual path, you've been initiated to go back to the Godhead, and even if you haven't seen much spiritual progress this life, if you're not attached at all. Uh, chances are you won't have to return. But the the inner regions, the inner realms are so vast, even if you can kind of get there, uh, the main thing is to look for a teacher who has gone as far as possible on the inner journey. Because even if you have automatic experiences or you're able to withdraw your soul and mind current, 
it's sort of like, you know, if I found myself in St. Petersburg and I had to walk to Irkutsk, you know, on the other end of Russia, I'd have no idea how to get there. And I wouldn't know the language. I wouldn't know Russian. So, you know, the main thing is to look for a guide who can take you where you want to go. Now, is there a chance that, that, that when you do come back, that maybe the, the, they'll send you to a similar life that you had before, like you were talking about, you know, particular lives that you enjoyed? What are the chances that you might get back into a similar life? Well, if I came back, I would be in a better situation to make good spiritual progress. I would, you know, get initiated to get onto my path. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I would be... Uh, in, in a situation where I could be found by a spiritual master. You know, it, it, that that woman or man could be on a different continent and country, but somehow I would come in contact. You know, if you're meant to be found by a spiritual teacher, it'll happen. You know, you could be living in, in that one town over, but if it's not fated to be, you're not going to have any interest in that spirituality. So, you know, if you go through my book, and the, the lives are arranged in reverse chronological order. So you can read, like my last two lives, I was English. So, and, and those are like, have the most pages devoted to them because they were of much greater interest to, to me. But you can, if you, it goes back and back and back and back and back uh, in time. And then after you finish reading the book, you can see you know, the great distance I've, I've traveled kind of spiritually in my development. You know, like there was one life in Europe that I didn't really understand that other living things can experience pain. You know, like if you take a knife to a rabbit, that rabbit will experience pain of having that knife go through the neck. One life, I, you know, I, I didn't really have that, that appreciation. So one life I had a spiritual experience where I got it, you know. So, you know, if, if you're an avid uh, mediator, maybe you're meant to be, but, uh, you know, you're part of the chain of killing. And a lot of people are becoming vegan, uh, which is, I think, a very beneficial thing for them, actually. The main thing is you don't want to create pain. You don't want to create more suffering. Because that suffering is going to come back on you. That's just basic you know, spirituality one-on-one. The other question I have for you is, since you've had all, all these lives, those experiences, do you have any scars or anything that correlate to any of your past lives? Um, well, I did talk about a scar. Uh, I, I found that like in a past life I had a scar that I was you know, on my face, and, and I describe how that happened. But I don't have any scars this life from from a past life. But I, I believe that's a possibility. You know, definitely. Uh, you know, like I'm I'm very fluent in English. This is my third life. Well, actually, my fourth life in a row when English has been my native tongue. Because three lives ago, I was a, a commercial architect in Baltimore, just after the American Revolution. So that, that that American life, and then those two English lives, and then I was born in America this lifetime. So that that has helped me immensely as a writer and as a communicator. Now, you know, if some people are very violent and animalistic, you know, they may have just come up. From, from animals, you know. Like I've always had uh, an aversion to like meat-eating big cats, you know, and I've, I've had a number of lives as an elephant um, and other animals. And I, you know, it's like I've been attacked and eaten by these uh, flesh-eating cats. So, uh, you know, and so you're, you're, your intuition, you know, which in which you can pick up your versions and your likes can be very telling. Is that why we have sometimes we, we have fears of different things? Like is maybe that, somebody's I'm sorry, is that why what? Is that why sometimes we we have fears of different things and we don't know why? 
Oh, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, yeah, some people well, the thing is, dogs you know, they don't know why or a cat or even like tiger, like you say, you know, you, you were eaten by, by, by tigers or, or whatever. And yeah. so when you see them, you know, automatically you just feel a fear of them, but you don't well, know why. Well, it, it, yeah, or an inversion, you know, the same thing with, with, with uh, like orangutans or apes. Uh -huh. you, you know, I have an inversion of them. But I've always had a great love of, you know, elephants and beavers and dolphins. And I know that in between my human lives in Atlantis, I was a dolphin. Um, in so, and those are, you know, very, very high uh, animals as well. So, you know, depending on your, your intuition, your, your development, these are really kind of signs of where you were, who you were, especially if you traveled. Like, I, I remember the first time um, I believe you're in Sacramento or close by, um, mm -hmm. Sacramento. Well, I lived uh, in Sonoma County uh, for 13 years. And uh, the first time I went to Occidental, I sort of like, I, I entered a different phase of, of being. I was like dizzy with uh, what I call the rapture of recognition. And um, it turned out I had visited Occidental two nights ago when I was this British banker on a trip around the world. And I was picking up on that. And I, when I visited it, I thought, gee, I'd like to live here. You know, I would like to live in this area. And it was just really not many years after the railroad had been completed. I had stopped in San Francisco and you know, took, took the ferry to Sausalito and took the train through Moran and Sonoma. Uh, and so I did come back and live. And I and four of my uh, cohort of seven were living in Sonoma County. That's where I met them. So it was very much faded to be. Mm -hmm. So if you're somewhere and it feels really familiar, I mean, the, the chances are you were there before. Another question I have, if you could do this for me, which life, after looking at all your past lives, which one stands out to you the most? Well, well, my last two, I would have to say, uh, probably because they were recent, but because I was so much farther along, further along in my spiritual right. path. The, the most important life for me, I feel, was my two lives ago as a British banker, when mm -hmm. I, I met a realized saint in India. I, I, I worked for a bank and I was in the British Raj in India for three years. Uh, I was also in Granada afterwards. Mm -hmm. So my life as a British banker stands out the most. But the lives that resonate uh, the most with me are, are well, that one. Uh, my life when I was a Carthusian monk in Slovenia, I lead a very monkish life. And my life as a Greek philosopher. That was like my wealthiest life. Uh, and that gave me the freedom to go to schools of philosophy and, and write philosophy. But I had a huge, huge estate. That was a very solitary life because my parents died at an early age and eventually it was just me and my uncle. Uh, and I had a huge estate with uh, servants and slaves, although they were well-treated slaves. You know, nobody was tortured or, or hurt. Uh, but that life as a philosopher really resonates with me this lifetime. I mean, I wanted to be a novelist, uh, and I had like the training to be a novelist, but there was block after block after block, and I finally gave up, and I went back to writing uh, nonfiction spirituality. So it's really guided, guided into this. Anyway, each of us has a certain fate of destiny, and it's really good to, to learn how to go with the flow. And, and not resist. I mean, just believe you know, you're living in, in the divine will and be grateful, uh, you know, be as positive and happy as you can be uh, and, and try to make, you know, the best out of every situation. If someone wants to explore their past lives, where, where, where do they start? Well, um, you know, I would look for uh, meditation to, to advance you uh, beyond the physical, to be to be honest, 
I mean, I mean, there are people who do hypnotic regression. You know, I've never been able to be hypnotized. Um, so I, I don't know if that is true or not. I mean, the only way you can really know if the past life is true, well, you know, I've been given, you know, apparently the ability to know well, the physical form, but to go within, to, you know, to go in the inner realms, to withdraw your mind and soul current through your eye center, your third eye, and to go to a high enough place where you can see where your past lives were. But after you die, you may, you know, you may be able to review other past lives in addition to this one. Now, this is this is a question I have about that. Now, when, like you talked about being a banker, now when 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 you are reborn and you come back to Earth, is there still part of you in heaven? Because obviously you got maybe relatives that loved you in that in that life and still want to contact you, but you've been reborn. So are you asking, is there still part of me that's left like in the yes, realm? Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I don't know for sure. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I, I think my soul is pretty much stationed in this body with my mind. You Basically, we're, we're three entities. We're the body, the soul, and the mind. And your soul and mind are knotted together. When the soul came down from the Godhead, it had to take association with the mind. And you've been incurring karmas because of your mind, you know, in, in life after life after life. So, you know, but, but anything can exist. You know, there can be group souls. You know, people have written about that. Um, anything can, can really exist. And the sky's the limit. But, you know, the main thing is to really try to be clear on how can you can make best use of your present life. Because it's going to end. I mean, uh, I was not surprised when COVID hit. I was sort of on my radar for years that a big epidemic was coming. So people, you know, there are people who thought they would have friends and family with them for decades more. They were taken. I mean, people in their 30s and 40s at the height of health died. So we never know when we're going to be taken when we go on a drive. We don't know if we're going to get out of the car. So it's always, how can I make best use of this day? You know, rather than being uh, really obsessed with outer phenomena, focus more on the inner phenomena of your own uh, spiritual development. That's really the, the best advice I could give. Because the mind, you know, just wants to, to be obsessed with different things. I mean, whether it's different games or shows. Now, I, you know, I, I, it's important to be who you are to lead an authentic life and to lead a balanced life. Now, I'm not someone to spend three to five hours watching football games. I would be too bored. That isn't me. But if that's something that's really part of you, you know, don't deprive yourself. I mean, that's the other thing. You, you, you have to know who you are and don't deprive yourself and not be swayed by other judgments from other people. There are people in different religions and spiritual paths who, you know, you may look up to different leaders, or you may feel that people are more advanced than you are. Don't, don't be swayed by them. I mean, if, if they, you know, are good loving examples, you can profit from their modeling, but, but don't try to force yourself into doing things that, that are not authentically you. You have to be where you are, you know, to go forward on the spiritual path. How hard was it, you know, because you've had all these lives? Was it difficult trying to put all this into a book? Um, well, no, I mean, I kept a journal, and I wasn't sure. At first, I thought I would have 20 pages that I would share with a few really close friends, but, but they kept coming. And after I saw my, my teacher overseas, there was a point, you know, I was just walking through this park in Wales, and I realized, wow, I can... I can recover any past life I want, and also I can know what I can't recover. You know, there are things that I can't know. Like somebody asked me on Coast to Coast, what were my past lives? Well, you know, I told them, I'm not omniscient. You know, eventually I may be omniscient. Now, if I were to meet you in person, I would very easily know whether I've had past lives with you or not, and I'd be able to recover. 
what our relationship was and what was good or bad about it. Like, I had really an aversion and, and kind of bad feelings about somebody on my spiritual path who was really looked up to. He was really like a paragon of virtue and he was a leader. And he felt very uneasy about me. And this was a very strong aversion while I recovered that we had had some really bad business dealings in the past, a really bad taste in both of our lives and had been resolved. And I wish I had recovered that while he was still alive because he thought I was a certain way. Uh, and he, he found, you know, he, he made his own judgments about why we had a difficult relationship. So if you do have a difficult relationship with somebody, it may be because of bad stuff that happened in the past. Well, the other question I have, you know, along that line is that, do you think that, you know, we really, like, like I know with my past life, someone I knew in this life had, had, had been my wife. And we're real close friends, you know, they're, they're carried over to being close friends. Do you think that emotions can can, can carry over from a past life? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I do. Um, different people I felt very close to and communicative to. Yeah, you could have a being that someone, you know, was your wife or some other. You know, with, with the cohort of seven, like, I'm thinking of this one person who came, like, right away to me. We've had all kinds of relationships together. You can't, you know, it'd be almost impossible to kind of separate them. But that's the other thing is to, to keep finding your, your spiritual group. Uh, you know, people who, who bring out the best in them. And that can change from time to time. You know, karmas have to end. Either someone will move away or they'll die or something unpleasant will happen and the relationship will end. So now I'm moving after a really long time. I have no idea. You know, the last two years, I've led a really solitary existence. My social life at the most, other than seeing medical people, has been maybe one conversation a week on the phone with a friend. You know, and years ago, when I lived here, I'd go out three or four times a week for meals with people. So, you know, often, if you're going through a lot of karma, you may feel like you're having several lives compressed into one. And a lot of my friends feel that way. I, you know, when I think back about all the different places I've lived and groups of people I was with, it's, it's almost as if I've had seven lives in this lifetime, which is a good thing because that means I'm going through a lot of karma. You know, I'm paying, I'm paying off a lot. So, you know, no matter how intense it is, you know, be grateful for whatever comes because you don't, you don't know what it's playing off. So, we, you know, it, we, we really have a challenge because we don't know why we're going through what we're going through. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important just to develop a very positive faith that, you know, the will of uh, the higher power, whatever you want to call, that supreme being, if you want to give it a name, uh, is really you know the best for you. And the best thing for you is, is to develop a desire to be with God, to know God. It's a real higher power. But just to be grateful for every breath uh, that you take is important. Because you know you don't know uh, what you may come back as. And make it very difficult. Were there any major surprises you know, when you started to look through your past lives? Was there anything that really surprised you? Well, there were a lot of surprises. Um, well, I mean, I was surprised that I started that, that war, that unnecessary war, but it explained a lot because I've always been fascinated by international affairs. I initially wanted to get a degree in international relations. And every time, you know, I'm never interested in local affairs. I don't read the local paper. But the point I'm trying to get to is that when things happen on the world stage, long before I recovered that past life, I would put myself in the leader's place and I would say, well, why isn't he doing this and not doing that? It's sort of like I was like role playing, 
trying, you know, I was like seeing myself as this leader doing a much better job than the other person, you know, and coming from a higher place. So in effect, I mean, I was very surprised that I started the war and felt horrible about it, but I wasn't surprised because mentally, I, that was what I call a notable life. I, I go into what are called notable lives, and I go through 13 of them. And these these lives are like you're like a main character in, in a movie. You're, you have like a starring role, and they leave a very strong impression on you. So that life as a leader, the, the impression continues to be on me uh, as a leader. And so. One thing you, that you may, you know, certain really important aspects of your character may be carryovers from these notable lives that we have. You know, like if I had to point to one person who's probably living a notable life, mm -hmm. I, I would have to say Oprah. Uh, you know, if that's not a notable life, uh, I don't know what it is, actually. You know, she came here with a huge uh, fabulous agenda. Uh, which she is really carrying out with enormous grace and beauty. And you know, George Goering may be having a notable life too. We just don't know. But a notable life can be a quiet life. Of, of, you, know, you don't have to be in the public eye. It can be a very quiet, intense life. And that's one thing I personally find really surprising and interesting about the past lives I write about and In Search of Lost Lives. Oh, by the way, you can see it behind me. You mm -hmm. can see the awards that won. Is that how different the notable lives were? And in the book, I describe what a notable life is. That was really interesting. What What really surprised me, actually, because I have a very strong background in metaphysics, is that these new metaphysical terms came through to me, like notable life, and you know, my cohort of seven. You know, this group of people and great love. I kind of, um, you know, people are very, uh, a lot of people are very focused on soulmates, what they are. I kind of dispensed with that theory. And in, in this place, I talk about great loves. And I write about three great loves that I had. And what was really interesting and not surprising is that all of them, it was like my fourth or fifth life with the person. We've been in the same family, we've been best friends, so we have this beautiful quote foundation to build on. And lo and behold, there we were, born in the same country, not far from each other, and we discovered each other. So I definitely, you know, in my last, one thing uh, that was very fulfilling, I recovered my last 50 lives, all of them, you know, back to my last animal life when I was a female cow and had three calves. Uh, that was my last animal life. But uh, within those 50 lives, I had three great loves. Now, I had many marriages where uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that great. You know, the, the, the greater love was with the children, for instance. Thank you so much. This hour went by so fast. It, it did, and thank you for your patience. And it was great being with you. I'm more than happy to come back. And if anybody wants to know, you know more about me and my background, uh, just go to goddard.com, uh, my last name, uh, .com. Fantastic. I'd love to have you back to talk more about this, because you just, 4,000 lives, there's, there's just so much to cover. There is, yeah. There's no dearth of information. All the very best to, to you and your listeners. Okay, Michael, thank you so much. You're most welcome, Charlotte. You have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, guys, I learned a lot. 4,000 lives, wow. That just boggles the mind, doesn't it? Absolutely boggles the mind. Anyway, I want to thank you all for coming tonight. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank my, my Michael Goddard again for coming. Um, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. Also, if you're watching from Facebook, please hit that uh, follow button. Or if you're watching from Twitch, please hit that follow button. Or if you're watching from TikTok, hit that follow button. 
And uh, another one is YouTube. YouTube, uh, if you look down at the bottom right-hand corner, as I'm slipping down here, if you look at the bottom right-hand corner, you see a ghost with a magnifying glass and a Sherlock Holmes hat on. That's our mascot. That's the, that's the subscribe button. Please subscribe. We've got almost 270 videos over there, and they're all di differing topics. So I think there's a little bit of something for everybody. Again, I want to remind everybody, tomorrow night, Mary A. Joyce is going to join us, and she's going to be talking about Werner Van Braun and a little bit about his beliefs on the space race and about extraterrestrials. So we're going to be talking about that tomorrow night. Um, I will be teaching Saturday at 7 p.m. Pacific. I'll be teaching a, a basic psychic development class. It's just an, an interest to see uh, how psychic you are and, and, and what you could do with those abilities. Real simple, okay? Anyway, then you can... Yeah, excuse me. You can call, you can figure all that out at Facebook. Not Facebook. Help me, Lord. Actually, I did advertise it on Facebook, and uh, the, and you go to our meetup.com to sign up for that class and just dial in CaliforniaHauntsMeetup.com. Anyway, you want to check out the uh, radio show itself, CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. That's the place to do it. But again, I want to thank you guys for coming tonight. Let me uh, fix my screen here. There we go. And I will see you tomorrow at 6:30 um, p.m. Pacific. And I'll show you our guest's contact information and the books that he's written. Here we go. Website, godart.com, G-O-D-D-A-R-T dot com. And those books, The Spiritual Revolution, In Search of Lost Lives. Bliss and a new now. And of course, you can grab those at Amazon.com. And I almost forgot the, that ticker thing flying below the bottom of the screen. That's because California Haunts doesn't take any money to investigate. It's all done out of our own pockets. And so I'm funding the whole ballgame. And if you could help me out a little bit, that would be great. To, you know, it, it, it all goes towards equipment. It goes towards expenses to put the radio show on. That's all it's spent on. That's all it goes. So if you could help me out at PayPal me at California Haunts, that would be great. Or Venmo and just type in California Haunts. I'd really appreciate it. Anyway, I want to see you guys tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Bye. <laughs>